Welcome to not really three and out. This is Orange and Black Insider. It's Kevin and I are from three and out. Thank you for joining us. We're also joined by Bengal Jim, one of the most recognizable Bengals fans in the world. We're starting a new series highlighting Bengals fans, longtime Bengals fans. You know, we're going to do once this once a month. And we didn't think there was anyone better to start with than Bengal Jim. How you doing? Man, great. Thanks, guys, for having me on, man. I'm, I'm excited about this, man. Tonight, are we not saying Thursday night, right? We got the football game on tonight. We've got right. uh, Bengals yep. season sunny. Joe Burrow's contracts in the fold now. So, That's what a right. day. So, thanks for having me on, guys. It means a lot. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for coming. Absolutely. Thank you. So, first thing, I just want to know what's your first memory as of a, as being a Bengals fan? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm an old dude. I, I don't act old, but um, my, my, I remember being 10 years old, and my mom and dad weren't really football people, they were more baseball people. And I never forget, uh, I just happened to turn on the TV 10 years old randomly on a Sunday. The Bengals were playing the Seattle Seahawks. And I just remember seeing the uniforms because I remember seeing them the year before. They had the old pumpkin head, mm-hmm. you know, uh, script beat Bengals across the helmet. Just uniforms looked awesome. I'm watching a game and the Bengals getting their butts kicked 21 nothing at halftime. Ken Anderson had an awful, awful first half. Forrest Greg benches him. Turk Schoenert comes in and wins this game uh, in dramatic fashion. But Ken Anderson goes on to have a MVP year, and the Bengals go to the Super Bowl. I literally haven't missed a game since that uh, that Seattle Seahawks game in 1981. So that's, wow. that's where it all started. How long have you been a Bengals season ticket holder? For uh, since uh, Season ticket holder since 92. Wow. Yeah. Made, it, made it through the, the, the worst decade in the history of football. Yep, there you go. Yeah, that's why this. Oh, yeah. That's why these last last few years have been sweeter than anything, man. Anybody who's been around and made it through the '90s, and you're still yep. here, you're good people. Yep. It's almost surreal. It's almost yeah. surreal. It, it feels it really like is. we've entered some alternate reality. It's 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 awesome. I think it's gonna be like this for the next ten years, guys. Oh, I, I can't oh as long as long as Burrow is quarterback, yeah. we are legitimate contenders. We are in for some incredibly fun football. I can't wait, yep. man. The, well, fans deserve, took, uh... the, fans, the fans do deserve this, though, man. They, they, oh, they do. We've been waiting. <laughs> so I'm excited for the city and excited for the fans all across the world. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um. So you took your fandom and you started this whole tailgate. When did uh, it start? Did you ever expect it was going to get no, into this? Man. It is a legitimate it, phenomenon as far as Cincinnati sports is concerned. Yeah, man. It, it, has, it has evolved into something we never could have imagined uh, when we first started tailgating in 1993 when I had like five or six of my buddies sitting around a charcoal grill, uh, a couple folding chairs, and a cooler full of beers. Um, every year it's kind of gotten bigger and bigger, but the last three or four years have been absolutely amazing. It's, um, I'm going to tell you right now, it is, and, and again, I know my buddies are marketing people, so they wanted to brand this damn thing and put my name on the tailgate. I'm not that type of person, but they did it. They marketed it. They're branding it. But I'll tell you, man, it has evolved into, especially this year, wait till you see what's going to happen, but the most unique pregame party in the NFL. It's almost not even a tailgate anymore. It's, be, it's become a block party. So oh, bringing, yeah. people, bringing people together, four to 6,000 people every game in a tailgate, bringing people together, having fun uh, before they go into a game. There's nothing better uh, pre-gaming than heading to the game. That's awesome. Now, you were telling awesome. us right before we started recording, you are expanding. You're expanding into the park. Yeah, yeah. So uh, in Lot E, where we're at, right on the river, right across the street from the stadium, we've got a beautiful view of the stadium, the downtown uh, skyline, the river, the suspension bridge. It's just we're right there. Lot E is right on Marion Way with butts up against uh, Smail Park. So we've always spilled into the park because we couldn't go the other way because people needed to park their cars. Uh, but now we have freed up so much more room. We rented out the park, uh, half of Smail Park. 
So we've got, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Skyline bringing their food truck down. Donato's bringing their food truck. We've got a bunch of other local restaurants participating in this, uh, bringing free food down for the people that come to the tailgate. We've got 16-lot breweries still going to be down there, bringing 20 to 25 half barrels down uh, every game. Uh, my buddy Craig and James and Tony the Tiger and, and Dell and, I mean, I'm, I'm repeating names, man, but uh, Brandon and Hannah and everybody else just worked their butts off to make this happen. This has been this has been a five months, uh, five months in the making pulling this uh, park. We've had to meet with wow. certain individuals in the city, the city of Cincinnati public uh, public park district. It is going to be an amazing, an amazing uh, event uh, every game uh, this year. Oh, That's I'm awesome. certain. I'm certain. You also mentioned that you're going on the road. So you said that uh, you have a an event in Nashville and Arizona and San Francisco this year, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we really would, it's, it's, you know, when you go on a road, you, you, you want to be able to find some Bengal fans to hang with. Right. So anytime we go out of town, just like home, bringing people together, but out of town, it's even bigger because a lot of people don't get a chance to come to Cincinnati that are Bengal fans for games. So it's an opportunity when you go to Arizona, when people live on the West coast, that's where they're going to go. They're going to go to that, that easy game to travel to. Um, so we have rented out parking lots. We've already prepaid for the parking lots in Arizona. Nashville uh, on game day, we have uh, two huge tailgates. We pre-sold already almost 500 tickets uh, to the Nashville tailgate, uh, wow, which wow. we're, we're going to sell that out here real soon because we have a huge lot down there, but we can't put 2,000 people in there. And then uh, in uh, Arizona, we've already pre-sold al- almost 200 tickets for that. We just posted that the other day. Uh, and then in San Francisco, the night before the game, uh, we have an event in Napa Valley. Uh, it's a wine tasting. Sounds bougie, I know. I'm not a big wine guy, but Napa Valley uh, Bold Stripes Winery uh, is putting us up in a thirty thousand foot square, uh, thirty thousand square foot wine cave. Music, wow. food, wine tasting. David Fulcher is going to be there. Some other former players. I think Ice Curtis is coming up. Uh, we're, that that event is almost sold out as well. So uh, just awesome. Time. I love traveling for Bengal games yeah. because the excitement. When other Bengal fans don't get a chance to see a whole bunch of Bengal fans sometimes, and when they get to spend some time with you on the night before a game at an event or even game day, uh, it is just so fun to see their faces and how excited people are because this fan base, as you guys know, has yeah. grown tremendously the last few years. And I think Elizabeth Blackburn was on our podcast Tuesday, and she basically said they have a season ticket holder in every single state. Um, and it's an amazing the amount of fans outside the country. The fan bases are growing in England. Canada, Mexico, Spain, unbelievable. And I don't think we scratched the surface, guys. I think there's no, no, no. there's going to be a lot, lot more growth. Yep, it's amazing to me. You know, we talked about we're lifelong Bengals fans and we've survived the lost decade of the '90s. It's amazing to me the change because we're the cool kids now. And I never thought the Bengals would be the cool kids, and now we're the no. cool kids to the point where you almost have to have like a pinch yourself moment every once in a while. Like, oh, is that? Is that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase I see on these national commercials where they're the cool guys? You know, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's, it's funny. It's like I, I, I dish it. I got to be able to take it because I, I, I have a lot of fun with people making fun of them, just joking around. I got to be able to have thick skin. But I tell you what, it was rough in the 90s getting made fun of yeah. all the time. Oh, uh, um, yeah. But, but, I mean, it was constant, right? But uh, you know what? Anybody, any fan that's on board right now, come on, jump on board. But definitely the fans that went through the 90s, it, it's just something you can't even explain. You look at the record, how bad it was. But yeah. good grief, guys. There were times where I was like, man, do I really need to go into the game? Uh, I'd rather stay out of here and tailgate a little bit longer. Uh, <laughs> going into the game, they're losing 21 nothing in the first quarter. I'm like, good yeah. grief. But yeah. again, there were some bright spots in that night. You had Jeff Blake and Corey sure. Dillard. And 
there were some it was oh, a rough sure. rough decade though yeah so how did you how did it go from you know you're a season long time season ticket holder and you have this tailgate to being kind of officially involved with team activities i, I i'm not i'm not involved with team I, I don't know i'm not really involved in team activities uh I mean, anytime there's charity stuff going on in and around the organization, uh, myself, Tony, Craig, James, we, we always want to be part of that. Mm -hmm. uh, how do we support? What, what's real? I would love. We got the stadium lease coming up here soon, guys. Right? right. One thing I would love the Bengals and them to be able to do is not just quantify, you know, how much money's brought into this city. Do a feasibility study. I think that's going on right now. A feasibility study on how much money does this Bengals team bring to the city of Cincinnati in the tri-state area. Um, but it, it's just it, it's I don't even know where I was going. I just kind of it's just amazing to me uh, to see this stuff explode. But the amount of, of charity work I wish they could get their head around too. It's not just the Bengals giving the local charities, but most every one of these players have a local foundation or a charity that they work with. A lot of it is local in our community. I would love to be able to see what that number is. It's a big freaking number. The Bengals organization is not one to go out there and pound their chest on. Hey, we've donated right. $700 million over the past five years. But I think that all needs to come into play. But I love seeing that. But I'm not really officially involved at all with the Bengals. Uh, I know some folks uh, in the front office. They're all good people. Uh, they're just like us, guys. Uh, they, they, We can sit and talk football just like we are now. They, they're they just as passionate about this team winning than, than we are. And that's what I love. It's a family-run operation, which there's only a handful of those left in the NFL right, right now. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I mean we, we did uh, – you know, they do – a Every now and then they, you know, they might have a film crew come in town and they say, Jimmy, we need you to show them around town, um, you know, to get some footage, like B-roll mm -hmm. stuff before the game or something like that. But really, not really involved. I uh, know some folks there, but I'm not really involved in anything they do. Okay. Uh, they never call me, tell me what's going on or anything like that. <laughs> so you didn't know it's under I wish I would have had a heads up with this Joe Burrow contract. Yeah, yeah. I think, everybody, <laughs> I think everybody knew it was coming this week. Oh, yeah. Everybody's starting to lose their minds starting Tuesday. I'm like, good grief. Calm down, guys. It's going to happen. Yeah. So yep. I knew it was going to happen, but I'll admit, I was getting a little antsy by the end there. Like, just, come on. I just need to know. I need the information. Yeah. Yep. Um, you did mention charity work, though. Uh, that's yep. a good segue because I want to bring that up. What's it like to be able to spin this thing into a, I mean, pretty significant charity drives you've done where you've raised tens of thousands of dollars to give back to this community? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That I'm, has I'm, to be. Yeah, I, I'm on the one. I'm the one here. You guys are talking to, but it is us collectively as a group that kind of bring these charities to the table. Uh, myself, James, Tony, the Tiger, uh, Tony kind of facilitates some of this stuff, obviously. But I mean, we have a Tony has a spreadsheet basically of every game what charity we're working on that specific game. Uh, we set up a 501c3 last year because there's businesses that want to be part of this uh, and expand what we're doing, but they wouldn't do that without you know a nonprofit uh, being set right. up. Uh, last year, guys, we, we raised, uh, for 26 different local charities, $130,000. Wow. And our goal was 75,000. We thought that was a stretch. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was an amazing year. So 26 different local charities, $130,000. I think about 32,000 that went to the Ken Anderson Alliance, but our inner circle, what we do is we get together every year, just talk about, Hey, what's a charity that's important to you? I have four boys. I have a 27 year old. It's mildly autistic. So Ken Anderson, you know, uh, alliance that helps autistic adults in our area is something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, Tony, uh, Maddie's house, suicide prevention is kind of near and dear to him. My buddy, uh, James, uh, Alzheimer's Association that, that we work with. But and it's it's just us 
you know, doing different things to raise that money at every tailgate. We will, we'll have uh, something we raffle off for that charity. The chair, that charity will be president at the tailgate going around selling raffles. We'll, we'll raise between four and 6,000 every single home game uh, for whatever charity is there that day. But that I'll tell you what guys, that is love football, love my family, all, all that. But I'm just telling you, it it has been one of the most rewarding things. And I didn't expect, we, we always raise money for many, many years, but we never raised more than six to eight, six to 10,000. Right. The 2021 year things obviously blew up, but um, I, I tell you what, it's rewarding because it's not just uh, because of that. We started this. I sit on a board of a local nonprofit here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revive Family Foundation. But I think the thing that I've learned more than anything, it's not just the money that's raised for these charities, which is critically important, especially during the COVID years when we really started, started stepping it up a little bit, trying to help them because they couldn't do events yeah. to raise money. But it's equally as important as just bringing awareness to some of these these charities because out of those 26 charities last year, I'm telling you, there was probably 10 of those charities I didn't know anything about until they were brought to the table for us to talk about them and make sure they were legit 501c3s and stuff. But man, there are so many charities here just in our local region. And anything we can do to play a small part in helping, it's awesome. And it's Bengal fans, not just locally, it's nationally. And you would be shocked internationally across, you know, outside the United States, how many people are being part of this uh, this charity stuff that we're just bringing to the We're doing nothing but just bringing it to the table. So it, it's, it's been so, so cool to see. Uh, I guess the 2020, the COVID year, was the biggest impact because charities were so low on their funds and their goals. They couldn't do anything. So that's when we really started stepping it up. And th- these charities are just so appreciative of, of the help. That's awesome. That's awesome. the ability to highlight smaller charities like that, sure. that many people probably would never have even known existed. You know it, what I mean? And then can get interested in and maybe even follow up later. That is such a like unique opportunity. It's such a cool thing. It, it would, the other thing that we see too, guys, uh, we do these charity duck races sometimes on our podcast, and it's very simple. You're, we're not we're not taking live ducks and stapling names on them, putting them in a lake. We're literally it's a virtual duck race. You buy a duck for twenty five bucks, and most of the times we're setting up a landing page with that charity directly. That way we don't have to touch the money. But we set it up. Uh, we did one uh, Tuesday uh, for T three Corp, which is a T Higgins charity in in Chattanooga, uh, or. Uh, I think it's Chattanooga where, where his family's from, uh, Knoxville, Knoxville area. I'm sorry. Um, we had, we raised uh, 825 bucks. I think that was like 32, 33 ducks, something like that. We, we pre-sold at 25 bucks a pop. We put them in the randomizer, put their names in there and hit go one minute. Whoever wins, wins, whatever we had. We had a T Higgins Jersey that way, that day to get away. And so some people are like, I don't care what, the, I, I just want to help the charity. And then some people are like, you know what? I really don't care about the charity, but I want to win that T Higgins jersey. So, <laughs> sure. uh, so, but it's been fun. We're just trying to make it fun for everybody. How do we continue to bring people together? How do we continue to bring Bengal Nation together and help local charity, mostly local charities uh, that we're helping? It's been really fun and rewarding. And Hootie Nation is an amazing. Oh, yeah. I guarantee you, uh, it's the most charitable fan base in the NFL. I don't have anything to back that up other than what I have seen over the past three years. I believe it. And in dealing with, I, I, I pretty involved a lot of other fan bases across the country. And, and there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things for charity, but not to the extent that the Bengals fans are, are being involved, which is unbelievable. That's awesome. So I wanted to get into the 2023 season for you with you. We're not going to go through every game, but what, what is your, what are your thoughts on, on how this season will play out? You think this is the year? Yeah, we're going to need a prediction. Yeah, yeah, man, you're, you're just going to hate me for this, man. 
undefeated. They're not losing. They're not losing. Joe Burrow. <laughs> I, like I like it. I like it. Yeah. What is 72, 73 Dolphins? Sorry, guys. This is the year. Uh, dude, I, look. What man. do you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is um, – this team is built to win today. Yep. <laughs> and this year and next year, to be honest. Um, guys, if we – if we stay healthy at key positions, obviously quarterback being that main, main one that we need to remain healthy at, guys, we're going to be really good. We're going to be really freaking good now. My only concern uh, at the end of the day is the first game or two of the season are important because last year that cost us a number one seat, if you remember, right. us the gate really yeah. slow. And, again, I don't know what I'm talking about, but in my opinion, I think, uh, you know, last year we started out a little slow. The offensive line didn't get a chance to play in preseason this year at all together. Right. In games, uh, Joe Burrow didn't take a snap in games. Uh, how much is that? You know, are they going to get off to a little slower start in the game early uh, against the Browns? A very good uh, defensive line. I don't know. That's the only thing that concerns me. But I'll tell you, at the end of the day, we stay healthy at key positions. Uh, our two, our, our linebacking position, corners. A really uh, DJ Reader needs to remain healthy. Yep. Joe Burrow. Uh, we got some depth on the offensive line. Uh, we're still probably not where we need to be, but we're close. We're really close there. So, yes. guys, if we stay healthy, man, I, I can't see us losing games, man. There's gonna be these first two out the gate are gonna be tough as hell for sure. Yep. Yeah. I told well, I on told the Kevin podcast was, we said on the podcast we said something very similar that it's hard to project yep. where this is gonna go because we can win every single game yep. of our schedule. Do you know what I mean? We are that good where you can look at every single game and go, no, no, we should win that. We can absolutely win that one. And it makes it really hard to try to remain objective when you're projecting this. Like, I don't know. Is like, is like 15 wins. Is that, is that a wild projection? Cause I can see it. I how honestly do it. Like, it. How crazy is that? Right. It's like, I look at the schedule. I don't like, we're going to blow out Arizona. We're going to blow out the Colts. We're gonna, yep, yep. I don't know if I felt that confident in, in a long time about that. So I, I just keeping it simple for me. I, I don't, you know, we stay healthy. We're we're going to win a boatload of games and win the AFC North for the third time in a row. First team ever in the AFC North to pull it off. Yep, should yep. be us. I love it. I love it. Before the Browns ever win once, I just want to mention that. Hey man, that's it's called the city up north, man, or you yeah. know, the mistake, whatever you want to call it. Mistake on the lake. Mistake on the lake. Yep. I'm heading, I'm heading, up, lake I'm heading up there. I'm heading up there Sunday morning. Good deal. Uh, I don't envy that. I mean, maybe going to the game, but the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for doing this. This was really, really fun. Um, Bingle Jim and Friends, the tailgate, anything you want to plug? Where else can we find yeah, you? Just, what what uh, do you really need to know? Maybe there's so many damn good tailgates in Cincinnati. If, if you're looking for a home, come on over and join us. You'd be more welcome to do that if you don't have a home already for a tailgate. Uh, if not, enjoy your own tailgate. Have fun uh, pregame. Um, uh, you know, you know, if you want to follow us on social media platforms, just look up Bengal Jim and Friends. Uh, that's all of our platforms in uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, uh, and our podcast uh, is every Tuesday night. Uh, we've done a really good job over the years since April 2020, bringing on some pretty big guests, former players, current players, Coach Taylor, Elizabeth Blackburn, uh, and, and, you know, uh, the fans really enjoy that stuff, man. And the stuff that you guys are doing uh, and other Bengal fans are doing as well, I'm so happy that we are i'm telling you on social media we're one of the biggest fan base groups yep. ever and it's because we're doing things like you guys are doing right now bringing people together having fun and telling these stories like we're telling tonight people love this stuff i hope so uh, we're just I, excited I, to be able to do it when yep. the opportunity came we jumped at it i mean yep. it sounds i don't know it sounds uh 
don't know how to put this. We've been doing this for 10 years now. I mean, basically all we did was take our phone calls, oh, our yeah. conversations yeah. and put them on YouTube. Talk football. And suddenly we have a show. <laughs> yeah. That's so, great. I, we, we started like uh, it was the draft in 2020. We were heading to Vegas uh, for that draft for Joe Burrow. And obviously COVID shut it down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we're like, what are we going to do now, man? Just sit at home and watch the draft. Like, let's just do a, a podcast one. I just do a live stream four hours long. 2,000 people watching. We're like, what is going on here? Wow. People, everybody, yep. was stuck in their, everybody was stuck in their house or apartment or something, right? So <laughs> we decided we've hit it every week since then. It's just been fun. It's just – That's awesome. It just – yeah. Uh, it's perfect. I don't have little kids anymore, so, you know, I'm not coaching anymore. So, right. uh, you know, I work seven days a week, but I have time now to, to immerse myself even more into Who Day Nation and the podcast and everything else we're doing on social media. So I appreciate you guys having me, man. Just keep doing what you guys are doing. You guys are killing it. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you again. Yep. And thank you guys for tuning in. Again, for Kevin, Jason, thank you very much, Bengal Jim, for joining us. We appreciate yeah, it very much. We'll be back again next month with our next fan. Thank you. Who day? Who day?